Hello and welcome to Rewatch. I am Seth Scruggs. And I'm Zach Vaughn. And this is a show about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. And this week, we are talking about anime. Zach, as the anime side of this podcast, before we get into the movies, I want to know, are are you a subbed or dubbed guy? Um, Most of the anime that I've watched has been subbed, but I do prefer dubbed because I can enjoy it more. I can, I can just, I can kind of, I can, I can take it in more. I can absorb it more, uh, than subbed. And both of these I watched dubbed, but that was mostly because of just the, the access, the versions I had access to. Um, yeah, I think voice actors are talented. And so I don't think that it's a detriment to the craft to watch it dubbed and i don't think it's i don't think you necessarily lose anything from watching it dubbed but also if you don't speak the language you're not either way you're watching it through a filter either yeah unless you're watching it original japanese no subtitles and and you understand and you understand japanese then you're still getting a translation right well let's talk about one of these anime movies and go with your pick first let's do it and you picked akira how did akira 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 okay i i am very bad at um when I move my mouth to make sounds come out of it, words. I'm bad at speaking, Zach. Uh, <laughs> so tell me, tell me about this movie. So Akira came out in 1988. It was kind of the movie, the anime movie that sparked the the U.S. craze for anime. Um, it was hand drawn, which both of these movies were hand drawn, which I could go on and on about hand drawn movies. It just blows my mind. Um, the director was uh, Katsushiro uh, Otomo, and uh, they did a couple other movies. I think they uh, did a lot of anime series. Um, yeah, he was he created the manga as well. Okay. For this. And so originally he created the manga and then it was like it, it was kind of surprising that he was that they were making the movie out of it. Uh cuz he had kind of always talked about not really wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. Um but ultimately ultimately obviously they did. One way I like to and have frequently described this movie is the most anime movie to ever anime. So I'm is that because of the way that it ends? Because of the just like 
it what what about it because to me a lot of the and maybe this is because i don't have so you have watched several anime series yes i have watched now three anime movies uh and two episodes of the big o with you that you made me watch so my anime experience is not a lot, but when I think about anime, I typically think about bright colors, a lot of sound, typically, um, fast talking, fast moving stuff. And this movie is not that at all. Um, in fact, in a lot of ways, it's the opposite. There's a lot of quiet. There's a lot of space. It's kind of slow moving. So when you think about like what makes an anime movie, why is this like the most anime movie? So I, I actually haven't seen that many anime movies. I think I've probably seen probably three, but a, a different third one. Um, so when I say when I say this is the most anime movie to ever anime uh i'm i'm really comparing it to series um and how a lot of them have like normal ish times where it's just kind of going slowly and then all of a sudden you have this amoeba (laughs) out of nowhere that's absorbing things it's just the 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 stark contrast from like this is a slow moving story to instantly everything's crazy and it's just way over the top and just so much is happening. That's more why I say that. Um, and because you've got like, you've got, uh, you've got military stuff. There's a, that's in a lot of anime. You've got uh, supernatural abilities that are in a lot of anime. You've got this weird, crazy monster ghosts kind of, uh futuristic uh there are a lot of different aspects of different anime series that it combines not combines because it existed before a lot of them uh that like there are a lot of anime tropes that are in it yeah it's not it's not so much the fast talking as the action and how over the top all of the action is yeah okay that makes that makes way more sense hearing you explain that kind of in terms. And as, as I got through the movie, I was like, Oh yeah, now I'm, now I'm kind of seeing the things that I recognize as like the trademarks of an anime movie, though not as much as something like uh, paprika, which is the third anime movie that I've seen. Uh, And it's which is a very wild, colorful, like sensory experience. Uh, so this was still very different than that, um, and I really appreciated it. So coming back to it, what what were your what were your thoughts? I'll jump. I want to I want to hear yours before I jump into mine. Yeah. Um. One of the things that I noticed just almost every moment that I was watching it was I just was amazed i'm gonna start talking about it again uh by that it's hand drawn like i think i 
hand-drawn animation impresses me more than any other kind of filmmaking. I I agree. Uh, mainly as someone who's limited to stick figures, like aside from the amount of dedication, <laughs> the fact that I am limited to stick figures and like someone thought about that and then drew it yeah. with their hand. And made it look consistent from frame to frame. Like, my brother and I started doing videos with Lego stop motion. Mm -hmm. Which isn't hard. But it does take, it does take uh, commitment and dedication and, like, consistency. Like, you have to be consistent with how you're moving them and how all that is. And we also didn't necessarily do a spectacular job with it but the fact that this isn't even taking something that can only move certain ways and repositioning it in the ways that it can move to make it look like it's moving naturally this is drawing a picture and then drawing that exact picture but slightly different and then that same picture and then slightly different it just blows my mind that like people have people have the artistic talent to do that. Maybe it's partly because I am a terrible artist. Like draw I I cannot draw like you stick figures. Like so part of it could be the fact that I'm just impressed because I could never be able to do it. Um but like this is a 2-hour movie where a lot happens and not just like narratively or dramatically like a lot is happening on camera i i saw a thing i think they created 300 new colors like in not not like ooh, we invented this color but like in like they created like in the in the medium colors that they needed to use they created 300 300 200 200 or 300 colors that did not exist in this medium for this movie. Uh, and the, st- the, the thing I read said that a lot of that was because most of it takes place at night. And so there's a whole lot more shades there than during the day, which again, the commitment is impressive. Sorry. That's only part of what I noticed about this movie. <laughs> um, I noticed, well, I mean, for one, I, was able to see things leading up in Akira and stuff like that. Um, I paid more attention to that. Um, I noticed uh, one thing I noticed was that there's a police officer in it who they call an old man and he says, I'm only 25. And that, that cut a little deep to me cause I'm just a little under 25. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think this scale of everything that happens is what jumped out to me the most and that's slightly going back to the hand-drawn animation but not just because of the hand-drawn animation but like it it goes from just this this big world but not much is happening to oh now we have this thing introduced into the world and then not much is happening and then this shifts and all of a sudden a lot's happening and then 
all of a sudden, halfway through, it just, the action keeps rising. Mm-hmm. Like the second half, almost exactly halfway through, it just goes from, it's like at three and it just jumps. It just starts climbing with the action until the end. And then it drops back down to zero for the resolution. But like, it's just so big and intense and over the top, but not every time. Every time we reached a new level of rising in the story, I thought, surely we're almost done. Surely we're almost done. Oh, no, we have 30 more minutes left in this movie. Things are going to get worse before they get better. And things just kept rising and rising and rising. Part of, yeah, yeah. Part of the thing that I would say I didn't necessarily love as much about it, but man, it talk about commitment. It's a ride. It it's a ride. Um, I don't know if we, we said exactly what this story is about, but essentially it's a young man, uh, developing these supernatural telekinetic abilities. And ultimately the powers are going to destroy him, but he's kind of searching for this figure named Akira Akira that's, uh, in kind of been implanted in his head as like this messianic figure. Um, but ultimately the power is growing inside of him and it's destroying him is the easiest way to describe this movie. Um, yeah. Anything else that you wanted to add to that? Uh, do you feel like you enjoyed it as a movie more on this go around? I think I enjoyed it more last time. Okay. Um, because last time as everything happened, I was like, whoa, kind of like you. Whoa, this is crazy. I guess it's almost over. Not like hoping for it to be almost over, but like, like right, whoa, right. wow, this is crazy. And then it just got crazier and crazier and crazier. And at the end, I was like, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and then this time I knew the big thing at the end. So I was like, I wasn't, that wasn't as much, much of a, a surprise. Um, yeah, most, most of what I, I was drawn to this time was just whenever there was something huge, I was like, this is hand drawn. More of an appreciation of the craft jumping mm-hmm. into it this time than the, yeah. the story itself. Yeah. Um, so I'll jump into my thoughts. And yeah, I, I I am excited to hear the the minimal anime experienced person's thoughts. I don't I don't know that you are. I I think that there's an anime gene or something and you have to be built a certain way in order to actually enjoy anime. That's fair. Because I just don't, I just don't like I, you have, you have tried to show me shows. Other people have tried to show me shows and they're like, man, this one's different. It's the first thing everyone leads with. It's not like every other anime. This one's different. 
and it never is. <laughs> it never is. Now, Spirited Away, which we're going to talk about, I think does fall a little bit into a different category um, for some reasons that we'll get into when we talk about that. But all of the like manga-based anime that I have seen, everyone tells me this one's different. This one's different. Don't this one's gonna be different. I know that you said you didn't like it. It's like the people who try to get me to play D. No, 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 no. You just had a bad DM. You just had a bad DM. No, I had a good one. I didn't enjoy the game. No, it's not that I watched a bad anime. I just don't enjoy the genre. All that to say, I thought Akira was fine. I agree with you. Like, I think that the the hand-drawn animation is really cool. The character design is really good in this movie. But, like, story-wise, I just didn't... I didn't connect with the story. I think the stories are... Like, these stories are structured a little bit differently in that a lot of anime tends to... At least in my experience a lot of this kind of anime tends to be about that spectacle that comes at the end rather than on the like character that's carrying you through that. And so we got more as we went along of the main characters, but we didn't start by getting to know the main characters. It just kind of throws you in the middle of the thing and it's like, Oh yeah, this is your guy. And now all of this weird crap is happening to him. And then you kind of get to know him. So like for instance, in in this movie at the towards the end, we get this like flashback of the main character and we get some of his growing up in like an American version of this movie. We get that story at the beginning, not at the end. And then we're immediate, we're connected to our character earlier on. And so I feel like it's just like a thing about the structure of anime and how a lot of anime stories are structured that we're going to get spectacle first. And then we kind of pick up the character stuff as we go along rather than the other way around, which is how I'm used to watching movies and maybe that's an American Western thing, but it's also I prefer to watch movies, which may be an American Western thing. But but that's kind of what I'm what I feel like I'm bucking up against when I'm watching movies like this. One thing one thing I definitely noticed was kind of a lack of direction with the the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it starts like, oh yeah, Kaneda is our main character. He's the first one you see. He's in charge. He's making Pretty the decisions. Much, yeah, yeah. And uh, Tetsuo seems to be like his sidekick, which right. in in that universe, I think is a very fair description of those two characters. Um, but then all of the exciting things happen to Tetsuo. Well, and early on you get Kai, right? Is that her name? Kai? Uh, K. K. You get K in this um, 
as like this mysterious figure in the crowd watching this stuff go down. And so I immediately latched onto her and thought that she was going to be kind of our main character. So I, it, it all like keeps changing for Mm -hmm. at least from my perspective at the beginning there. Yeah. And then there's not a whole lot of, I mean, there's not a, I think Kay probably goes through the most, character change like not Mm. not change because that would obviously be tetsuo um but like the most noticeable she her character was here now her character is here well i don't know i think i think that i would put that on canada really because he kind of goes from like because he's going through this change of realizing like because a lot of it deals with his relationship to Tetsuo Mm -hmm. and so it's him I I felt that it was a lot about him coming to grips with how their relationship had affected Tetsuo and how he had acted in their relationship and then ultimately coming to grips with that in the end yeah I can see that that was how I took a lot of his action at the end trying to save Tetsuo because so much early on dealt of Tetsuo's anger and frustration was geared toward Canada about how he was the he didn't have to protect him he didn't have to you know he felt like he was being overbearing as like this you know large and in charge guy and so it, that that was how I took that story. I can see that. One one thing that frustrates me is it feels like Tetsuo should have been should have had more subtext, I don't know. So more more subtext, more opportunities for subtext. Instead of going from, ooh, I'm the sidekick who's not content that I'm just the sidekick to, oh, all of a sudden I have all of this power. And I guess there's there's a few moments, but it's it's not really moments of meaning. It's just moments of, Oh, it's more like downtime moments during the transition before he gets his power. And that would be something I I would probably say that I took issue with generally with this film is it felt like there were a lot of narrative threads just kind of left that didn't get fleshed out completely. So there's this thread about this under under the radar government resistance thing that feels like it's kind of picked up and then just dropped again. And so we kind of get like, Oh, this person's involved in this thing. Nope. never mind. Moving on. We, there's a bit about like this messianic cult that's worshiping Akira. And it's like, and I was fascinated with that because it kind of shows up and, and then it just kind of disappears again. And it's not really clear, like, what were their expectations? How do they respond to this? 
and it felt like that was kind of picked up and dropped. Um, and, and same thing kind of with what you're saying about the subtext where it's like, Oh, there's a little bit of it. There's a little bit of it, but you never really get into what's going on. Do you have anything else that you want to add other than that? You really liked the hand-drawn animation. Um, I mean, I really liked the hand-drawn animation. <laughs> and I'm going to say that probably 20 more times when we talk about Spirited Away. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully so. One of, the, one of the things I like about watching not just older movies, but like th- there are certain movies that you watch it and after it you're like, oh, I get that scene in this other movie now or this yeah. other show now or like so many different pieces of pop culture, like so many I've, I, after watching it the first time I started realizing so many references to Akira, uh, usually Tetsuo, um, in other media where I'm like, Oh wow, that's, that's Tetsuo. That's a, that's a Tetsuo reference or like, Oh wow. That's yeah. That's an Akira reference. <laughs> Um, do do you have one in particular that you're thinking of? Uh, this is really very specific. Uh, but there, I don't, it's probably still around. Uh, there's a, basically a Rick and Morty themed, I don't know. It's like Pokemon style Rick and Morty app (laughs) (laughs) where you play as a Rick collecting mortys and one of them is telekinetic morty and he's absolutely designed after tetsuo gotcha the the best moment that i have um was not not related to akarat but very funny story is that my friend and i were watching citizen kane for the first time uh josiah purvis i don't know if he listens to the show or not uh, but Josiah and I were watching Citizen Kane for the first time, and ha- have you seen the the uh, the actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf video? Yeah, so I think. And we, I, I mean, I feel like we've watched it together. Probably at the end, he stands up and he's clapping, and the light hits him, and he gets shocked. And that's a Citizen Kane reference. And as we were watching Citizen Kane, one of the most influential movies of all time, not one of the greatest, according to Zach, but. One of the most influential movies of all time, Josiah Bravis and I were watching it and uh, that scene happened and we both stood up and went, the Shia LaBeouf thing. Um, so you're not alone and we're not talking about Akira anymore. And that typically means that it's time to move on and take a break. Yep. So why don't we do that? Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about Spirited Away. Hey, what's up? This is Seth Scruggs, host of Rewatch, that show that you're listening to right now. And if you like this show, there's also a good chance that you would like our YouTube channel. You can find it, Mark Spots the X Productions, on YouTube. There's a link in our show notes. And over there, we have short films and behind the scenes content and a bunch of other stuff that we have planned for the rest of this year. You can go over there and subscribe. That really helps us out and helps other people find our work. And if you like this show and you want to help other people find our work, you can follow the show, 
give us a review and a rating and that really helps other people find our work as well all right let's get back to the show all right zach we're back we're back and we are talking about spirited away it's the oh i'm gonna say that again it's the 2001 uh animated movie from studio ghibli ghibli uh I've never been sure how to pronounce that. I really should have looked that up by now. I probably should have too. I know that it's, I know how to say uh, Hayao Miyazaki's name though. Uh, And that's the director of the movie and Spirited Away follows uh, young Chihiro as she goes uh, through the looking glass down the rabbit hole into the world of uh, Japanese spiritual beings um, over the course um, after getting lost with her family in in the woods and losing her parents. So uh, I think that's a good explanation of it. I don't know. I don't know what more to say about that. It's it's very interesting. Like I that's a re- that's not at all part of the synopsis uh <laughs> <laughs> um it's just very i don't know it, it it jumps from the normal to very abnormal very distinctly yeah i what i found really interesting is that the way this movie starts is a young girl with her family moving from one place in the city to the suburbs. It, it kind of felt like, like it kind of feels like this like nineties family comedy a little bit mm-hmm. with like comedy drama thing. Or it's like, Oh, don't worry. Your new school's going to be great. You're going to find new friends. Look, we got a basketball court over the garage. It's great it'll be fine and then immediately like just delves down into this rabbit hole of river spirits and sludge monsters and whatever no face is and all of this just like mystical stuff and then Pulls you right back out of it and just moves on. Mm -hmm. So on seeing it for the first time, kind of what are your thoughts? So my initial reaction as I was watching it, the first few minutes were I absolutely hate Chihiro's parents. (laughs) They don't, they're not kind to her. They're rude to her. Sure, maybe she's earned it, but still they're her parents. Um, and then eventually I think I texted you, I texted you shortly after that, saying, making the specific claim that I believe that she was unplanned. Because <laughs> it just the parents seem very much to be in their own world, and she's there. Mm-hmm. And so it seems very much like, a, oh, yeah, we were doing great without you. And then you were born. So I guess we're in charge of you. But you're kind of just 
going to have to tag along with us, um, which is a lot deeper than we need to go in this podcast. But that's a that's some major speculation on the account for animated parents that are only in 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I thought it was. First of all, I mean, not first of all, because I think I've already said, first of all, one of the things I noticed while I was watching it was I was like, she's dead when when. Like as, as like early on, I was like, she's dead. Um, and I thought. Um, I thought it was going to be a thing where she was already like she had died earlier and her mm-hmm. parents weren't going to like before before her parents turned into pigs. I thought something I thought she was dead and. Was going to have to find a way to have her spirit be with her parents, which is similar to a script that I wrote. Uh, but that's not how it goes. Um, and I want to point out that you texted me. I already hate to hear his parents. And my first, I wasn't able to respond at the time. And my first thought was give it five minutes because they're going to turn into pigs and you're not going to see them for the rest of the movie. And then you followed it up five minutes later with, well, that took a turn. <laughs> It was in other ways of like, like if, if Akira is the biggest actioniest, absurdist anime, then this is on the other side with the spiritual absurdism and over the top, because you've got this girl who's just, exploring this area and then all of a sudden she's a spirit and all of a sudden she's in this new world and having to do all these things with these crazy new rules um and you've got spirits that are good but people don't like them because they're stinky and then they're not stinky anymore and they pay a lot of money and then you have this other thing that looks starts out as like, okay, that guy's probably a demon. And then he isn't. And then he kind of is. And then is he at the end? Are you referring to No Face? No Face, yeah. Yeah. Like at first I th- at first I thought No Face was like security. Yeah. Um, like I thought, oh, this is one of the like demons or spirits or whatever that's guarding like that's in charge of this place, and he's gonna be like, ooh. Like I, th- I thought he was the and like the key antagonist at first, um, and in a way he is, but also yeah. like he he isn't, but right. also kind of is. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact: uh, on a note I put down as I was watching it was I now understand something from an episode of Gravity Falls because <laughs> in the Halloween episode, there's a creature. That is absolutely based off of the off of No Face. That's funny. Um, funny. Yeah, I guess I guess what as I was watching it, my my main thought was how I I mean other than man all that hand drawn animation um, was trying to figure out 
how I don't know, trying to figure out if I I guess if I liked how Chihiro was growing. Mm-hmm. Like not not like ooh, I approve of it, but like the the way in which she grew. Yeah. What did what did you determine? Um I think I liked it because at the end uh they had that little thing where she she's tr- supposed to pick between like she's supposed to pick out her parents out of the, all the pigs and her parents aren't there and she says they're not there. But overall, I don't know, it's <laughs> It was, I, I think I was trying to figure out exactly what she was going to be changing from. Like, is she self-centered? Is she fearful? Is she self-centered because she's fearful? And I think it was probably that last one where she focuses a lot on herself because she's so afraid of everything. And as she goes, she learns to focus on others and in doing so, not be afraid. Which I liked that. I, I I think I think I did end up liking her growth in that aspect. Yeah, in many ways, I mean, it feels. I think one of the reasons that this movie stands apart from me, or stands apart for me from other anime movies, is that a lot of it is about the internal character growth, and there are these like crazy monsters and set pieces and things but it doesn't feel like we're moving from set piece to set piece and trying to get to that bigger action thing it feels much more like we're following Jihiro on this journey of you know overcoming your fear and learning to be okay in a new place and growing up and and I think that that's it feels more like a Disney movie than it does Akira. You know, like it it well, doesn't. There are a lot of things that make it more of a Disney movie than Akira. Well, well, there are, but I, but I think that it's that thematically the way that it's tackling the themes that it's trying to tackle, and the way that it gives us the lens of this 10 year old girl elevates it in a different way. I think one of the things that was confusing to me was the, the bit where not the bit, but the, the point where uh, no face shows their true colors, I guess. Mm hmm. Um, because that felt very different from the message of the rest of it, like not contrary to the message of it, but, um, because it seemed like it was, oh, this is about this girl learning to focus on others to overcome her fear because by thinking about others, you're not thinking about yourself. And then all of a sudden it was like, ooh, this is about greed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, I, I guess, 
I th- I feel like maybe that was put in to show how she's grown in by by possibly showing that oh she doesn't care about herself like all these other people do but at the same time the very first time she's interacted with no face it's she's been selfless and she hasn't accepted his gifts he's like insisted that she takes his that she take his gifts and so it felt like it felt like they were trying to throw in a lesson that she didn't need to learn and it felt odd that it was a lesson everybody else there needed to learn. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that you get that a little bit at the you do get a little bit of that greed lesson at the beginning with the parents because they're greedy eating up this food that isn't theirs and then they get turned into pigs. Um a very literal, very literal turn. Yeah, they get turned into actual pigs. Literal pigs. But, I, I mean, I think I agree with you in that sense. I, I think what it feel, felt like to me was that they were trying to hit on um, much more about, like, what it means to, like, be a, be human in that sense that, like, the human is the one like to truly be a human like human and part of society you you aren't greedy and that's what separates us from these kind of animals animal spirit you know not obviously it's spirit is not carnal but i think that's the best kind of word that i can go go with there that kind of pushes you toward that it's a much more philosophical take on the world than the previous film and you know how how they're viewing um what's going on and and it feels a lot at times like it it's like what do you need to learn as you grow up what are you what do you have to learn? What you you need to learn not to be greedy and not to be selfish. You need to learn to overcome your fears and that getting out of your your comfort zone is a good thing. Um you also apparently need to learn to protect the environment. That's another theme of of this movie that's like really weird, just kind of like in there at times. But yeah it also there's also the uh uh i know similar to a uh a a a bible verse that was i spent a lot of time hearing people talk about from work uh uh the birth of the oh shoot what is it romans I, I can't think of the the reference right now, but it's uh, uh, always show ho- something about like always show hospitality to strangers. You may be entertaining angels without realizing it. Like there's an almost literal take of that in this, right? Where it's a you've hotel got your spirits, yeah, and and you've got the stink monster, right? Who's coming in? Uh, stink spirit, sorry, stink spirit. 
who's coming in and everybody is just abhorred by it. And even, even Chihiro is like gross out, but granted she's forced to do it because she's the lowest person on the totem pole, but she shows hospitality and takes care of it. And in the end, not just gives it the bath that it paid for, but gave it the best bath that she could mm-hmm. unknowingly, I think, but still did it. And then noticed something was hurting it and helped to fix the hurt. Yeah. And in doing so revealed it to be a, this, this benevolent spirit who blessed the bathhouse. Right. Um, right. So there's that sense of, uh, don't just like just be loving to people, even if they're abominable on the outside. Um, granted, this is saying because they might be uh, a powerful spirit, but like I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it has to trans like. I don't think it's saying because of that. I think it's saying that is a possibility, but just do it because just because somebody's gross doesn't mean they don't deserve it. Right. Right. And again, I think going back to those themes of like, what does it mean to grow up? What it, mm. what do you learn as you grow up? And that's, that's being selfless. It's learning that family matters, which is kind of what you, you days go. Sorry. Another thing that was related to my work that I heard a lot recently. The family matters theme? Yeah. Long story. I can tell you about it in a minute. <laughs> it's um, not that long a story, but it's a very tangential story. So I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, you know, family is important. And so it, it does what like good fairy tales do. I mean, it, it does what like the Chronicles of Narnia does where it takes these kids who are experiencing this thing and then it throws them into a completely new world that they have to like learn through. And I think that's what good fairy tales do. I think it's especially what Disney movies did for years. Um, And so I think, I think that it really, I think that works here. Do you want to talk about the hand-drawn animation? It's so good. It's so pretty. The floor is yours. It's it's just so pretty. And how about those rain shots though? Oh, the, the rain. It's so pretty. Falling. I the as I was watching this, because I, I watched Spirit Away Spirited Spirited Away first of these two. And um as I uh I I thought this is the perfect movie. For somebody who's not that great at drawing to do, because it's like four human faces. Like if, or I get not not so much bad at drawing, but like bad at drawing humans. Because it's like, look, all you gotta do is draw four humans. Everybody else at least doesn't completely look human. It's a whole lot of blobs and a whole lot of blobs radish spirits and yeah um 
So there's a whole lot of grace if you can't draw humans. Uh, but yeah, it's just so pretty. And like movement, movement in hand-drawn animation, not even just consistency between like slight movement, like like fluid movement is so beautiful when done so well, like it did in this and Akira. I think the thing that jumped out to me most about the animation was watching the dragon, mm-hmm. uh, her her best friend, the dragon. Because uh, when he was the dragon, he, when he was flying, it was also flowy and spirally and just fluid. And it was so smooth. I think that this movie also had better composition than Akira did there were some shots in that that just felt very muddy and cluttered and absolutely nothing in spirited away even the like cluttered shots where you're supposed to have all these people and figures in the frame it never feels like it's too and I think that's another thing that a lot of typical anime another thing that i don't like as much is that a lot of times the the frame can feel very cluttered and it doesn't have as clear like a line of focus not always but in a lot of my experience it feels like there's a in that sense of what we were talking about earlier where there's like a lot going on and it's about the spectacle and it's about the bigness of it all Mm -hmm. a lot of times in that bigness, I feel like I lose the, like, I feel like it loses the focus of composition and framing things in the frame to draw the eye to a certain place. And it never like spirited away. Never feels like that. Even in the shots that are not, you know, minimally composed, you know, there's lots of stuff in the frame. I, I felt like I always knew where my eye was supposed to land and what they were trying to get me to look at and understand in any given shot versus just like pure chaos trying to figure out what's going on. And I I mean, I think... It, I wouldn't say that Spirited Away is necessarily one of my favorite movies of all time. I wouldn't... I don't know if I'll return to it again after after this discussion but i i enjoyed looking at it the whole time even when i wasn't necessarily as drawn into the story a lot of more modern and general studio studio ghibli or ghibli uh though the animation is so beautiful and even in 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 general pretty much now for for more modern anime isn't in my opinion as cluttered um and or i guess in the more uh drama focused less action focused it is very beautiful very cleanly framed um yeah and and this was two th- what two thousand one? Yes, this is two thousand and one. So this was this was at the beginning of, like this is this was helping pioneer that style, I think. Right, and Miyazaki, as a figure, and uh, Ghibli Studio Ghibli, which is 
I just Googled it. Cool. Uh, Studio Ghibli as a organization has is like the gold standard, I think now in so many ways. And it's because of stuff like this that, you know, those perfect, like the, the lo-fi hip hop anime girl, you, you know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what on I'm YouTube. About. On YouTube, that's a that's a shot totally ripped off of a Ghibli movie, and I and I think that that's like it represents so much as just like a perfect kind of style, and I think that that's why a lot of more modern anime is following after that style um because it's really good it's it's so nice to look at mm-hmm. very calming much like the uh lo-fi hip-hop girl it's a relaxing it's a relaxing thing to just have on i actually haven't listened to it oh you haven't listened to it i, no, I've I just don't seen listen it. to it as much but the image is very relaxing like just yeah. like the like slow rain falling well like with akira we are no longer talking about Spirited Away, which we seems aren't. like it's the perfect time to bring this to a close. All right. Uh, why don't we wrap up then? Let's do it. You've been listening to Rewatch. It's a show about movies we love, movies we haven't seen yet. I'm Seth Scruggs. You can find me on the internet, on Instagram and Letterboxd, at Seth Scruggs. There will also be links to that in the show notes. Zach? I am Zach Vaughn. You can find me on Letterboxd at Zachary Vaughn and Instagram at Zachary is thinking. And you can also follow Mark Spots the X Productions. That's our name for the stuff that we make. And there's a link to our YouTube channel um, in the show notes as well. Uh, You can go over and subscribe, watch the stuff that we have over there and uh, stay tuned for new stuff that we've got planned coming up there and next week Zach next week's gonna be a fun week it is Thelma and Louise and Bonnie and Clyde I'm so excited I've the only reason I haven't seen Bonnie and Clyde yet is because we're doing it for this ser- this show so finally. There, are, there are so many ampersands we'll see you we'll see you next week Thanks for tuning in. Zach, I'll see you. I'll see you.